This is the LAW Podcast Series with Peter Gowers, the podcast to connect LAW members and have some fun talking about their personal and professional lives. Hello and welcome to the LAW Podcast Series. I'm Peter Gowers. On this episode of the podcast, we head to Zurich in Switzerland and I'll be speaking with the chairman of LAW, uh, also a partner at GHR, and of course, uh, well known to most of our members, Mr. Mark Gruninger. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Peter, and thank you very much for having me. Looks like it's a nice a sunny pleasure. day there where you are. It's uh, very nice and sunny today, um, although just about two or three days ago we um, we had uh, cold weather and even snow. Wow. Uh, so, uh, but the snow is gone now, and the temperature is uh, is quite mild. So we're having a good day. Yes, snow is uh, late for this time of the year in April. It is a bit late, yes, uh, and a bit unusual. Usually, uh, we have snow until um, March, and then uh, it goes away. But if uh, I look out of the window, and uh, I and I uh, look at the um, mountain range, the mountain range, the Alps, I still see. A lot of snow, so skiing is still possible. Wow! Sh- should we blame the late snow on global warming? I don't know. I'm not a specialist <laughs> in climate change, but um, yeah, possibly we, we enjoy the snow. We're we're happy when there's snow because you can go skiing, which is uh, one of my favorite pastimes. So, uh, oh, brilliant! Um, uh, no problem about uh, snow. Although now we're getting a bit, uh, you know, we're happy that we're going into spring. Yeah, um, and uh, and that the warmer weather and the nicer weather is coming up. Nice. Well, of course, the LAW podcast series is uh, about getting to know members uh, from various firms around the world, and um, so this is your opportunity uh, for the members to get to know you, Mark. Those who don't already know you, of course, um, there have been new members joining over the last couple of years and uh, courtesy of um, the pandemic that we've all been through, uh, meeting in person hasn't always been as possible. Yes, um, and, and that is one of the big um, issues which we have had in these past two years since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. We have um, uh, tried to keep up with uh, with our members and try to keep this um, big group together and um, uh, I think we've done that quite successfully and uh, and uh, I'm very keen and happy that we will be able to meet in person this year um, mm. after two years and uh, and I really very much look forward to uh, to the meetings which are coming up in uh, Monterey next week and then in Helsinki in uh, May and uh, in Singapore in June and obviously also the um, AGM in New York City in uh, in October. It's a busy year ahead. 
it's a busy year ahead, and I'm uh, uh, trying to figure out how, um, I, you know, I was very used to traveling in the past because I went to all these meetings mm. as as member of the executive committee and as chairman. Uh, and so I was very accustomed and used to, you know, preparing my luggage and so on and so forth for traveling. But I'd forgotten that to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Tuesday, I'll be flying to Monterey, Mexico, and I'm already trying to figure out, well, what do I have to pack yes i better be careful that i don't forget anything <laughs> that kind yes of, these kind of things which i did routinely in the past and uh, and i'm a bit yeah. some, some, I'm, I'm sure i'll be forgetting something i think it's all about the one percenters isn't it you get somewhere and you've forgotten a tie or a brush or a toothbrush or one of those yeah. things that you must have Absolutely. Although I always tell myself, you know, even if you forget something, there's no big deal about it because the main thing is you must have your credit card with you. <laughs> and with a credit card, you can do anything. You can replace yeah. any missing items. So I'm, I'm not worried. And very I'm very true. much looking forward to these, to these trips and to meeting all these people again. Excellent. Well, let's get to know you a bit better. Of course, we're talking to you today and you're in Zurich in Switzerland. Where are you from originally? I'm actually from, uh, well, I am from Switzerland and I was born in uh, Lucerne, uh, which is in the central part of Switzerland on, uh, on Lake Lucerne in 1959. And um, uh, so I am, I am originally Swiss. Uh, my father is... Um, from a, um, an old Swiss family which goes back to the um, 1400s. Uh, that wow. we can trace it back to the 1400s from the eastern part of Switzerland. Um, uh, and uh, my mother is um, of um, French and Italian origin. Wow. It's not a mixture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you sound like a, a, one of the Australians. We're, we're very much like that as well, a mixture. <laughs> yeah, I've only been to Australia once, but I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, but I'm, I'm very nice people, by the way. Thank you. And Mark, um, how did you come to live in Zurich? I don't actually live in Zurich. Um, okay. I, I, I live in Bern. Um, uh, what, uh, the, the way this came about is that um, uh, when I was a child, um, uh, I lived in Switzerland for some time, and then my uh, parents, my family, moved to the United States. That was in 1966 uh, because my parents were both university professors. And um, so we stayed in the U.S. for some time, and I, I went to school there. I grew up there for, uh, for a couple of years. And then in the early 70s, my father um, was called to teach at the University of Bern, where they had set up a completely new department for him. So we moved back to Switzerland in the 70s. I went to high school in, uh, in Bern and then studied law. At the University of Bern, and then uh, in uh, 1986 and 1987, I went back to New York um, and um, uh, had a um, obtained a um, a fellowship to study at New York University uh, School of Law, and um, and then um, and so I had a, I obtained an LLM there, and after that. Um, I uh, interviewed with um, six uh, of Switzerland's largest law firms. That was um, in the uh, uh, that was in 1987, and um, 
um, came back with six job offers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, and so I had then had to decide. I went back to, uh, to NYU in New York and then had to decide, well, which one of these... Um, Office, um, you know, should I should I uh, accept? And uh, uh, finally, I decided to uh, join uh, Baron Kaha, which is uh, one of Switzerland's largest uh, firms. And that's how I um, uh, that's how I ended up in Zurich. Wow, so that's where I started my career. So that's that's where I ended up in Zurich. But uh, my wife is a um, she she is a um, lecturer and. Um, and a, um, a dental surgeon at the uh, University of Bern Dental School. So we had to decide whether we wanted to go and live in Bern or live in Zurich, and we decided to, you know, to live in in Bern. But I travel very often between uh, both cities, and mm -hmm. we have offices in Bern as well as in Zurich. And what's the distance between Bern and Zurich? Oh, it's just about it's fifty minutes a fifty minute train ride. It's okay. 100, 110 kilometers. Okay, and are you also allowed to drive at unlimited speeds where, where you live? No, we're not in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we'd like to, yeah. <laughs> but that's no, 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 no. We have very strict um, uh, speed limits here, and right. uh, you better stick to them because our fines. The fines in Switzerland are very, very uh, stiff. Are they? The revenue raises are out. Sorry? The revenue raises are out catching speeding drivers. Uh, if you if if you um, if your speeding is over a certain limit, then the um, the fine is based on your income. Oh, wow. So it is very, very. It can be wow. very, very costly. I had a friend who is a. Um, who's a surgeon, I have a friend who's a surgeon, and he got a speeding ticket, and he was, and, and, and the fine was something like 25,000 Swiss francs, which is about the equivalent in US dollars. So that Sheepers. is very, <laughs> so no speeding here. Yeah, yeah. I, I took the train between Bern and Zurich. Yeah, smart yeah. move. Yeah. Now, you've partially... Um, well, not partially answered a question, but I, I had a couple of other guests on uh, other podcasts, and in both of their cases, they were inspired to get into the law uh, because their parents had been in, in the legal fraternity, and it was a, sort of a, a natural move for them. But you've already told me that your parents were, were both uh, in the university and lecturing scene. So what inspired you to pursue law as a career? Well, my parents were not in the law. In in, in law, they uh, they they were not. Um, uh, they they were in a completely different area. And I was inspired by um, actually um, during my high school days. I was very much. Um, uh, uh, I, I very much enjoyed history, and uh, we had a very very good history teacher who um, also gave us some insights into law and, uh, and jurisprudence. And, and, and I thought that was very interesting. I was actually, I, I come from a family which, where there um, are a lot of uh, doctors, physicians, you know, from the medical side. Um, and um, I was, um, when, I, when I graduated from high school, I was a bit undecided whether I should pursue medical studies or law. 
And I decided uh, to do something which, um, you know, to pursue law because I said, well, this is the opportunity to do something which others in my family have not done. Mm. And uh, my wife today says, I mean, she, she's in the medical area and she's, uh, she's, she says, well, I'm glad you studied law and not medicine because you would not have been a good doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice yeah. that your biggest supporter gave you that uh, feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so what area of law do you spend most of your time practicing? Um, what I do is I actually have three um, uh, practice areas which are very closely connected. Um, I do corporate M&A work, so that is transactional. And um, I also do um, uh, capital markets law and financing, corporate financing, securities law. And the third area is energy law, which is um, the regulatory but also very much uh, tied into uh, financing and M&A work. So those are the three areas which I, which I practice in, and I've been doing that for many years already and, um, and really love my work. I enjoy it very much. Yeah. And with, did you fall into those areas by default, or were they a, a direct choice to follow those three areas? It's difficult to say because when I started my um, career as a young lawyer in uh, at, at Baron Carr, the firm I mentioned before, um, I um, was already part of the um, of the securities uh, uh, and transactional team. So um, I pretty much started doing that kind of thing. Although I must also say that at the beginning of my career, I also um, did uh, quite a lot of. Um, litigation mm. uh, but at some point I uh, dropped litigation because um, uh, I, I, I was a bit tired of, um, of, of that kind of work it was um, I, I much more prefer the transactional type of work and uh, and 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 litigating in court was something which um, I, I just didn't feel was, uh, was, the, was the kind of thing I wanted to pursue. <laughs> what I still do is in the three areas I mentioned before is that occasionally I do arbitration as an arbitrator, not as a counsel for, for, for partners, right. but as an arbitrator. That'd be and interesting work. That's a lot of work. fun, by the way. Yeah, that's I can imagine. Work. Yes, yeah. Very interesting. A lot of fun. Um, uh, you get to know um, very, very interesting and smart colleagues around the world uh, if you do arbitration. I really enjoy that very much. Mm. Mergers and acquisitions are something that uh, are, are very much in the news at the moment. What's the uh, big action in your part of the world in that area? Uh, you, you mean big action in terms of... Uh, of, of uh, uh, transactional amount? Or? Yeah, well, I guess in terms of um, we spoke with another member who was telling us about um, uh, some activity in that area in, in their country and uh, the particular um, sector that was particularly active at that time was in uh, education and uh, universities and schools, etc. Um, have you... Is there a particular area in, in Switzerland that, that is hot at the moment in, in the M&A space? Well, there, there's, there's a lot going on in the M&A sector. Um, uh, 
through all um, uh, through all industries actually. Um, but what we have been doing recently, and that's really very interesting, is that we have had a number of uh, clients who are big um, international companies um, uh, who are either in Switzerland or um, uh, a number of them in Germany, who have now been who are now in investing in startups. Um, who deal with um, uh, issues around um, finding solutions for CO2, carbon-free uh, fuels, for example. Yeah. Uh, or also in the area of automate, automatic or automated driving, robotics. Right. Those kind of things. Um, we have in Switzerland uh, one of the leading uh, universities, um, which is the... Um, um, the uh, Federal uh, um, Institute of Technology in Zurich and in Lausanne, which are uh, uh, which are among the leading universities, very much like MIT mm. in uh, in Massachusetts, and um, they have uh, they create a lot of um, uh, spinoffs. They um, uh, what they do is they uh, set up small startups. And then they spin them off and put them into the market. They throw them out into the market. And then you have all these big companies mm. around the world who try to, who are interested in, um, in um, uh, investing in these, in these startups. And that's the kind of thing which has come up um, more and more often in, uh, in recent times, actually. And it's very interesting. Uh, you get to know very, uh, very interesting young people, especially. Yeah. Um, sort of things they're doing. So that's 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 what we've been dealing with recently. That, that those kind of investments. Yeah, and how's the stock market in Switzerland as we speak? Because uh, certain parts of the world are, are still roaring along, and uh, there's a lot of concern about you know that there's way too much heat in the market. Is it is it similar in in Switzerland? Um, the stock market has been quite stable although due to the uh, war in Ukraine it, um, there, there has there have been some fluctuations and uh, it has come down a bit by uh, by uh, uh, a certain number of points but yep. it's um, it's it's not it's not dramatic and okay. I think the the the, uh, um, the issue is that many investors uh, who are engaged in the Swiss stock market have a long-term view and yes. uh, uh, and so they don't just sell off their stock when uh, when you know when when things happen. Um, sure. Although we do have an issue here with uh, inflation, which is uh, coming up also, um, just as in other parts of the world, it's not as dramatic. I understand that inflation in the U.S. is now somewhere mm. between seven and eight percent. Here in Switzerland, it's around two or two point five percent. Yeah. So we're still doing quite well. Yeah. Um, and fuel prices? Fuel prices have gone up. Um, uh, but I still see, I don't see less cars driving around. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I remember in Singapore, they introduced that tax for drivers that, uh, you know, to put a car on the road was something like. Uh, a hundred thousand Singapore dollars or thereabouts. The purchase of the car was only about thirty thousand, but the 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 license, if you if you like, to be allowed to drive on the roads was seventy thousand plus. But 
it didn't put any less cars on the roads. People could still afford to borrow to to still drive. It was amazing. But we we have uh, we don't have that kind of tax on cars. That that's uh, that that sounds really prohibitive. What you've just uh, yeah. Uh, described, but we don't have that. Um, the, the the leader of uh, gas of of, of uh, regular gas is now something like two, um, maybe two point uh, one U.S. dollars approximately, okay. something like that. Yeah, and it used to be one point five, so it has gone up. Yeah, people still filling up their tanks and you know their 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 uh, their cars and driving around. Yeah. Yeah, this has obviously got nothing to do with you, Mark, because you you told us before that you mainly take the train anyway. But what about electric vehicles? Are they uh, taking off in your part of the world? Absolutely, um, uh, there are more and more of them. And but we are, um, uh, you know, asking ourselves: is is this um, really how how are we going to produce all the uh, uh, um, electricity we need if if everybody mm. um, uh, you know uh, gets rid of their if they all get rid of their um, uh, gas consuming fuel consuming cars and and um, and replace them by electric cars um, the, the, we have a um, a program an energy program here in Switzerland which was um, uh, in which was um, uh, put in place by the uh, by the Swiss government a few years ago, where we want to shut down our um, uh, nuclear uh, power plants and uh, replace them by um, clean energy. Um, but that when that was decided, that was before there was this hype about you know um, yeah. electric and so on. So um, we we have an issue here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, it's one thing to pull all the lithium out of the ground to put the batteries in the cars, but we still have to charge them. Exactly, yes. I, I still have a um, fuel-driven uh, car. I'm, um, because we use our car uh, when we go um, on, uh, you know, on trips to, um, to a skiing resort or to France yep. or Italy or to Germany, and yep. I'm still not quite convinced that there are enough... Uh, uh, you know, um, how do you call them? Um, uh, stations where you can where yes. you can actually um, uh, put uh, uh, put uh, electricity, put power back into your uh, into your car battery. I'm, yes, we'll find out. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, just lastly, on that front, because I'm I'm interested to know uh, what about cryptocurrencies? How, how are they faring in uh, in your part of the world? Well, um, Switzerland is um, uh, is is uh, is one of the cryptocurrency hubs in the world. Um, there have been um, a lot of efforts by the Swiss government to um, put in place the necessary uh, legislation to enable cryptocurrencies to develop here and and uh, for uh, Switzerland to become one of the leading markets, mm. uh, just, just as it is also one of the leading financial markets um, uh, worldwide. And um, so there's a, a lot of there's a lot going on in that sector. Yeah. Um, and uh, and especially in the central part of Switzerland, the cantons around Zug. Are are the places where um, cryptocurrencies and and uh, the the whole um, the the whole crypto industry is is very very active. Yeah, vibrant, interesting. 
Absolutely, yeah. Mark, what about your hobbies? What are you into outside of um, being one of the leading uh, lawyers in uh, in Switzerland? Well, first of all, I'm not sure I'm one of the leading lawyers. <laughs> 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 That's very kind of you. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm um, uh, well, my hobbies are um, I'm, I do uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much into um, uh, music and the arts. That's something which I really love. Um, and I'm a, um, I, many years ago when I was actually a, a young boy, I started, um, uh, to study music at the conservatory of music mm. in, in Bern and, uh, uh, studied classical trombone. Wow. Um, yes. And played in various orchestras and, um, even in jazz bands and, and yeah. things like that. Uh, I, I was a member of the university big band, um, and but that's a very long time ago. And uh, and I um, uh, was very much into uh, into music uh, back in those days. I, I even uh, uh, so so I, I went to the uh, uh, to the conservatory for um, uh, for classical music, but I was also at uh, for some time at the Swiss Jazz School, um, and so I was. Um, actually very active uh, back in those days in classical as well as in jazz. Gee. And, uh, and um, unfortunately, um, with my um, workload and um, during my career as a lawyer, um, I have I had less and less time, or just not enough time to pursue this mm. further. And um, uh, just uh, maybe two months ago, I still have my trombone. I still have the instrument, yeah. which, by the way, I bought uh, back in 1987 when I was studying at NYU in New York. So it's still the same. Trombone. Wow. Uh, but I and I and I um, I uh, took it out of its case just uh, it was maybe a month or two ago and and, and tried to play again and and I'm <laughs> I put it back in its case a bit frustrated because I, <laughs> I don't yes. have um, uh, I don't have the pitch anymore I don't have the uh, routine anymore and I, I used to be actually quite good at it. Um, and and at some point when I was uh, when I was still young, I, I even had contemplated making a career in music. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, um, I fortunately for me, I realized I was realistic enough to find <laughs> to realize that I was just not good enough. <laughs> I enjoy it very much, but I wouldn't wouldn't have made a world career. So uh, what I do is I I, um, I I go to concerts on a regular basis. I very much enjoy classical concerts. Um, that's, that's what I actually enjoy most. Maybe it's also a question of, you know, age. When you get older, you probably enjoy classical music more than you do when you're young. Um, I, I like to read a lot. Um, when I had decided, when I had decided, um, uh, a couple of years ago is that I, I, um, planned on reading all of Shakespeare's plays. And I've gotten through two or three of them, unfortunately. All. <laughs> so I still have a long way to go on that. Um, yeah. But um, what I also love doing is um, uh, go to museums. Um, I, I, I really very much enjoy art museums. And to uh, the dismay, to my wife's dismay, I can, you know, um, contemplate a, a, a painting for, uh, can you know, stand in front of a painting for a very long time yeah and, and 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 spend my time there i really like that very much oh wow and i'm 
I'm a member of the um, board of trustees of um, of the um, uh, of the uh, art museum in Bern, which is uh, one of the uh, larger uh, art museums in uh, in Switzerland. Gee, well, you mentioned earlier that you travel the world, and so you obviously had uh, opportunities to pop into museums from yep. all over the place. Do you have a favourite or a favourite painting or piece of uh, piece of art that you can share with us? Um, certainly, one of my favourite museums is the uh, is the Louvre in Paris. Uh, and the Museum of Modern Art, or the Whitney Museum in New York, mm. uh, I think fantastic. Um, I very much enjoy. I like paintings by um, uh, the German artist Gerhard Richter, um, or by Mark Rothko. So I'm more into um, uh, contemporary art, actually, rather than classical art. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I, I I would love to have that at home, but I can't afford it. <laughs> just beyond my means to buy yeah. a Rock or a, or a Gerhard Richter. It's not I'd cheap, is it? it? Yeah, uh, not cheap. Yeah. Hey, just on the but music. I, I, I love. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I was just thinking, just on the music side, because of course the classical and jazz. Uh, you know, they're, they're quite different in nature. Uh, as a musician, what did you prefer playing? I, that's a very difficult question because I really liked both and I enjoyed playing both. Um, yeah. I, I was, when I was younger, it was probably more jazz. Yeah. Um, and... Um, and then um, I think I uh, probably, and then I focused more on classical music. Right. Yeah. Um, but I still enjoy both very much. So mm. um, it's because uh, by nature jazz is pretty uh, out there. You know, it's quite ad libbed and it's yep. uh, there's no rules. Whereas classical is more, you know, straight down the line. Here's how we're going to take it. Of course, you know, conductors can can play a role in that too, but um, by nature they're quite different. It's absolutely different. Um, I'm, in jazz, you also have to um, have a um, the ability to improvise right, because that's what jazz is all about. Yeah. Uh, whereas in classical music, you are obviously you, I don't I wouldn't call it limited, but you do stick to the notes. Uh, and and try to interpret what the uh, what the original composer um, uh, wanted to express with his or her music and um, but that is uh, if, and if you if you um, uh, look at the different ways the same piece of Mozart or Brahms or uh, Wagner or whatever it is is interpreted by um, you know different. Um, Orchestras, um, and, I, and I've uh, had the the pleasure and opportunity of uh, um, uh, being at many of those concerts. Um, it's it's just as fascinating as well because you can have the the same piece of music, which is which has a totally different um, interpretation. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's true. What, uh, so if you if you listen to these things carefully and if you enjoy that, then you 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 can hear the difference. The the, the pronunciations are different. The rhythms are different. Um, uh, yeah, it's that. It's it's. Um, but you have to listen closely, and you have to listen to a lot of these things. Uh, and and uh, and and I really like doing that. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, impress me. How many languages do you speak? Well, I speak uh, German, English, French, and Italian. Wow. Plus Swiss German, if you want to consider that a language. It's a I, dialect. I consider it a language. Yep. <laughs> um, I've, I've got another Swiss friend, and she's very proud of her. She could speak both what she called Swiss German and High German. And right. uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to call it its own language. Okay, so that would be um, uh, five languages then. Amazing. <laughs> Mark, um, in terms of LAW, if you could name one person uh, from another member firm that's inspired you or influenced you or helped you in some way, professionally or personally, without putting you on the spot, who, who might that person or persons be? Um, I, I think I'm going to have to disappoint you because <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me, the, uh, the, the whole LAW family inspires me. Um, uh, it's not just one person or just one member. Um, I mean, there's a unique camaraderie and friendship in this organization, which is uh, very much inspiring. And I have a lot of admiration for, uh, for all these people and what they do and, uh, and um, that is also what has uh, inspired me and given me the drive to um, actively participate in this group as a member of the executive committee in, in, in different functions and, and now as chairman, um, which, by the way, w will be my uh, the, the, the last uh, function which I will be exercising uh, with an LAW, my term is uh, coming to an end. At, uh, will come to an end at the AGM in New York in, in October. Yep. But um, the uh, you know the what, what I think inspiring is is um, what this organization does and the way it works and the people um, um, who are part of it. Um, uh, it's as you know, it spans over uh, 100 different jurisdictions, uh, and it is actually a picture of what the world should be. And as we now know, uh, since uh, February, uh, is not, and and that is um, it's it's uh, uh, people um, from around the globe um, who are bind who are bound by a, by a, a common cause, and that is. Uh, to celebrate friendship and diversity and and uh, prosperity for all its members. That's that's what we're trying to do, and and I think that is what inspires me, and that's why I like to um, also spend time doing what I do as as a chairman um, of uh, of LAW. Now, if you uh, if you insist on asking about people, what I would like <laughs> you know to. Uh, to say is that um, I am very much inspired by and very grateful also for um, my colleagues on the uh, executive committee and um, our CEO Laurie um, Salyards and 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 her team, her staff, who 
um, give so much dedication and, and spend so much time uh, for uh, for this uh, unique organization and uh, and and uh, who put in everything they have and um, ha and 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 make fantastic contributions um, to um, to LAW and and uh, for the benefit of its members <laughs> and 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 I think that needs to be celebrated, not just mm. one person. I, I think it's the whole LAW family, and I and I really hope and and look forward to celebrating this unique group um, when we meet in, um, in in Monterey and in Helsinki and in Singapore and in New York City. Um, uh, that is so inspiring, and 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 there's so much benefit to that. This friendship and and that's actually you know it's it's the way the world should be. People mm. from different places, from different jurisdictions, from different backgrounds, uh, from totally different cultures, um, from um, uh, different political backgrounds, uh, but still one uh, big family. Um, uh, and, and, and that's, that's, uh, the way actually the world should be. I think, I think we are pretty much the ideal thing, the ideal picture of how, you know, people should deal, should deal with each other. Yeah. On this planet. I think that's, uh, that's what inspires me. Well, that, that may well just be the answer of a true leader. Uh, any, pla <laughs> any plans of extending that uh, chairmanship for life? Sorry? <laughs> Chairmanship for life? Yeah, yeah. You said you're stepping down. I, I think we might extend it for life. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that would be a good idea. For, uh, <laughs> uh, it wouldn't. I think change is a um, very important factor mm. in the success of an organization. You need new blood. Yeah. Uh, fresh ideas. Fresh ideas, new people. And uh, I have seen many, many new people, uh, you know, in our, in, in the executive committee. I've been a member of the executive committee for such a long time. I can't mm. even remember <laughs> much, much too long, much too long, but I've seen so many new people. And every time you have someone new coming in, um, there's always, um, uh, it, it brings new ideas. It brings new, um, motivation and, and, and that is the great benefit of having, of having, that's a great benefit actually of a democratic system uh, versus a dictatorship. And I'm, I'm, I'm the last one who wants to be a dictator. So yeah. no life chairmanship. <laughs> <laughs> very much against that. Scrap and, that uh, idea. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, I really appreciate your time and and learning a bit bit about you, and I'm I'm sure the members will as well. Um, good luck with the remainder of uh, your term as chairman, and uh, thanks so much for spending some time with me on the LAW podcast series. Well, Peter, thank you very much. It was all my pleasure, and uh, it was great uh, uh, speaking with you. Um, I wish you all the best, and, and I do hope that we will have the opportunity and the pleasure to meet in person one day. That would be uh, and to continue this conversation. Thanks, Mark. That would be great. Thank you very much. That was Mark Gruniger from GHR, partner at GHR on the LAW podcast series. We'll catch you again next time.
You've been listening to the Lawyers Associated Worldwide podcast series with Peter Gowers, the podcast where LAW members go one-on-one to discuss their professional and personal lives. More episodes coming soon.